and welcome to all of you. Welcome to those who have also joined us via live stream this evening. But my dear friends, um, just to, everyone is aware of this, besides gathering for this opening of the diocesan phase of the Synod, we are also gathered in a very special way this evening, and we're privileged and honored to have the, the um, women and women and men religious among us as we want to acknowledge and thank them um, for their presence and their, for, for their service um, in the Diocese of, of Saginaw. So we honor you who have, been, who have consecrated your life to the Lord in, in such a way. Um, you know, from my experience over the last two plus years, you know, our diocese has been very blessed for many years for the service and ministry of our women and men religious. Um, they truly give witness to the presence of Christ in the world as they bring his compassion and love to those in need. And their lives of prayer help sustain the church's mission um, in the world today. Your unique form of Christian discipleship has always been a sign to the world of how you have been chosen to imitate Christ more closely through the profession of the evangelical councils which you made chastity, poverty, and obedience. So we thank you for your presence here in the diocese. I know not all of you are here this evening, but if you might be watching this somewhere along the line, um, know that um, my deepest gratitude and the gratitude of the diocese um, for your presence here and for the life and the love and the wonderful ministry which you have brought um, to so many people um, throughout your ministry in the diocese. So again, thank you. You know, Pope Francis, in his apostolic letter for the year of consecrated life, is called to all consecrated people. He has called you to live the present with passion. So are you living the present with passion? This reality applies to not only, he says, only the religious, but all of us. So are all of you living the present with passion? Huh? But he specifically called on all consecrated men and women to, quote, to wake up the world. Are you waking up the world? Since the distinctive sign of consecrated life is prophecy. He said radical evangelical living is not only for religious, it is demanded of everyone. The religious follow the Lord in a special way, in a prophetic way, he said. And this is the priority that is needed right now, to be prophets who witness to how Jesus lived on earth. And he says a religious must never abandon prophecy. Prophets are able to look at the current world and challenge the world to holiness in the way they live their lives. They're called to be this, this leaven for society, inspired by the gospel, the city on the hill, which testifies to the truth and power of Jesus' words. These are Pope Francis's words. And in the words from the voice of St. Paul, John, John Paul II, in his apostolic exhortation, Vita Consecrata, he said this, you have not only a glorious history to remember, right? You have a glorious history to remember and to recount, but also a great history still to be accomplished. Wow. You have a great history 
still to be accomplished. And he said, look to the future where the Spirit is sending you in order to do even greater things. This is encouragement from St. John Paul II. So again, we're blessed to have you in our presence this evening and in our diocese and grateful for your generous ministry to the people of God all across this diocese. But you know, the words I just shared from St. John Paul II could very easily apply to the current universal church as we begin this synodal process here in our own diocese. We have not only a glorious history here to remember and to recount, but also a great history still to be accomplished, right? I'm looking forward to this great history that this diocese is still to accomplish, to look at the future where the spirit is sending us in order to do even greater things. And although these are words of St. John Paul II and not Pope Francis, I would suspect that they would deeply resonate in the part of Pope Francis as well. By convening the Senate, Pope Francis invites the entire church to reflect on a theme that is decisive for the life and mission of the church. The name of the theme or the theme is for a synodal church, communion, participation, and mission. And so by recounting together on our glorious history, the diverse members of the church, the diverse members of our diocese will be able to learn from one another's experiences and one another's perspectives, always realizing that it's all guided by the Holy Spirit. So enlightened by the word of God and united in prayer, then we are able, all of us are able together through the power of the Holy Spirit to discern God's will and pursue the pathways to which the Lord calls us, all of us, the whole church, to deeper communion. This is what this is all about, a deeper communion, fuller participation, and a greater openness to fulfilling our mission in the world as church universal, as church local. So in a sense, it could be viewed, I think, as a potential new Pentecost, right? Where people with different voices and from different places gathered, they received what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we heard, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them with the purpose of leading the new church into the future. So in some sense, as we look at Senate, this Senate, it could be a new Pentecost moment for the whole church, right? So perhaps that first Pentecost moment was a form of synodality, where they listened to each other in different voices, their experiences, and then they went forth and lived the mission of Jesus in the world where they were sent by the Holy Spirit. So not everyone knows what a synod is, right? How many of you know what a synod is? Not everyone does. So let me tell you. What is it? Well, the word itself is an ancient word in the tradition of the church whose meaning indicates the path along which the people of God walk together. So this synod that we begin is the path in which we all walk together. It also refers to the Lord Jesus and the fact that Christians, his followers were originally called 
followers on the way. So as the documents state on the synod, synodality enables the entire people of God to walk forward together, listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to the word of God, to participate in the mission of the church in communion that Christ establishes between us. And Pope Francis believes that in this synod, walking together is the most effective way of manifesting and putting into practice the true nature of the church as the pilgrim and missionary people of God. You know, we all share a common dignity and vocation through baptism, no? All of us are called in the virtue of our, by virtue of our baptism to be active participants in the life of the church, to be active participants in the life of our parishes and small Christian communities and lay movements and religious communities and other forms of communion. Men and women, young people and the elderly were all invited to listen to one another, to hear one another's experiences in order to hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit who desires to guide our human efforts, breathing life, breathing vitality into the church and then leading all of us into deeper communion for our mission in the world. So it is for certain that in this process, the Lord Jesus is with us through his Holy Spirit. As we heard in the gospel, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything. Now imagine going through this whole senatorial process with the Holy Spirit teaching us everything and reminding us once again all that he told us. So the Holy Spirit, this advocate, is still speaking today in Christ Church through the voices of many. And Pope Francis tells us, as the church embarks on this senatorial journey, we must strive to ground ourselves in experiences of authentic listening and discernment on the path to becoming the church that God has called us to be. As I mentioned, the theme is for the Senegal Church is communion, participation, and mission. So these three dimensions are profoundly interrelated and they're vital pillars for us as we begin this process and for a synodal church. Let's look at them briefly, each one. So communion, like the Lord gathers us together as diverse peoples, diverse peoples of one faith through the covenant that he offers to his people. I mean, think, look at the Acts of the Apostles. The whole church is coming to live after that Pentecost moment. Together we are inspired by listening to God's word and through the living tradition of the church and we're grounded in the census fide, this common faith that we share. So why is that important? It means that we all have a role to play, all of us, not just who, all who are here tonight, but all of us, all across the diocese. We all have a role to play in discerning and living out God's call for his people. The second thing was participation. So it's a call for the involvement of all who belong to the people of God, everyone. Lady, consecrated, ordained, all of us to engage in this exercise 
of what Pope Francis calls this deep and respectful listening to one another. You know, we live in a culture today, we don't like to listen to each other, do we? I mean, just think of all the political rhetoric that's going on. Nobody listens to each other anymore. But this listening creates space for us to hear the Holy Spirit, but hear the Holy Spirit together and guide our, our aspirations for the church of this third millennium. So in a synodal church, the whole community in the free and rich diversity of all her members are called together to pray. So this begins in prayer, to listen, to analyze, dialogue, discern, and offer advice on making pastoral decisions which correspond as closely as possible as we can discern to God's will. And then the third thing is mission. The church exists, sole, sole purpose of the church's existence. The sole purpose is to evangelize. Our mission is to witness the love of God in the midst of the whole human family. And so this synodal process has a deep missionary dimension to it. It's, an it's intended to enable the church to, bear, uh, to better witness to the gospel especially with those who live on the spiritual, social, economic, political, geographical, and existential peripheries of the world. In this way, Pope Francis says, the church can more fruitfully fulfill her mission of evangelization in the world and to be this leaven at the service of, coming, of the coming of the kingdom of God. So this diocesan phase is the first phase of the synodal process. This is just the first phase. We are in the process of putting together a team. And their responsibility <clears throat> will be to create a plan to implement this diocesan phase all across the whole diocese. And the purpose of the first phase of this journey together is to foster a broad consultation surrounded by prayer in order to gather the wealth of experience of us journeying together. It involves the priests, deacons, and lay faithful. It involves religious communities, lay movements, in the association of faithful parishes, school, or of, of faithful associations, parishes, schools, universities, religious congregations, neighborhood Christian communities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, it's meant to go far and wide, reaching out to involve the greatest number of people possible. And especially the Holy Father wants to hear from those on the periphery, on the margins who are often excluded and forgotten. That's why he's aiming at the widest participation possible. So every one of us are encouraged to participate in this process. And so as we unfold this process in our own diocese, I would encourage everyone to participate. There'll be many opportunities for you to allow us to hear and to listen to your story. In the words of Pope Francis, the purpose of the synod is not to produce documents, although that will ultimately be what will happen. But the purpose of it is not 
to produce documents, but he says, and I quote him, to plant dreams, to draw forth prophecies and visions, to allow hope to flourish and inspire trust, to bind up wounds, weave together relationships, awaken a dawn of hope, learn from one another, and create a bright resourcefulness that will enlighten minds, warm hearts, and give strength to hands. Now, isn't that a beautiful vision that comes out of this? Wow, we should be, we should be jumping up in joy, uh, jumping up and down for joy about what's, what the potential is, you know, for this synod. You know, in every age, the church is called to renew herself under the guidance and the action of the Holy Spirit. Every age by listening to the word and then to one another. And it's from there the Holy Spirit will allow us to imagine, imagine a different future for the church and her institutions in keeping with the mission that she has received from Jesus Christ. The advocate that the Father will send in my name, and we can take this to the bank as we begin this process, he will teach you everything. So friends, throughout this process, may we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us what the Lord Jesus wants his church to become in this age. There'll be more information available in your parishes and on the diocesan website and social media platforms as this plan unfolds. We have between now and the beginning of April to complete it. It's not a lot of time, so a lot has to happen in these few short months. But your voice is very important. All of you watching on live stream, your voice is very important and needs to be heard. Go tell the people in your parishes that their voices are very important and they need to be heard. And finally, keep this whole process in your daily prayers that the Holy Spirit truly does guide the hearts of all of us so that we can become whom the Lord has called us to be. Amen. I just want to conclude with, there's a prayer um, to the Holy Spirit for this synod. So while we're here, and this is the beginning of the diocese, um, let us stand and pray this prayer together. Really, it's kind of the a prayer to the Holy Spirit that really began the Second Vatican Council. We stand before you, Holy Spirit, as we gather together in your name with you alone to guide us, make yourself at home in our hearts. Teach us the way we must go and how we are to pursue it. We are weak and sinful. Do not let us promote disorder. Do not let ignorance lead us down the wrong path, nor partiality influence our actions. Let us find in you our unity so that we may journey together to eternal life and not stray from the way of truth and what is right. All this we ask of you, who are at work in every place and time, in communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.